We are back, baby. We are back. That's we right. are back. You are looking live. We get after it. You know, we jabber jaw, we go tit for tat, we have our little differences. Let's get funky like a monkey. And here we go. Hello and welcome to the Moose and Runes podcast. This episode 27, a Halloween edition of the Moose and Runes podcast. Joined spooky. now by Matt Rooney, by Spooky Matt Rooney. Get him out of the way right now, Matt, because I'm going to propose something. Uh, we're going to we're going to have a Halloween jar. It's going to be the same as the Lavar Ball jar. Ah, yes. you you got to put money into I know, it. You got to put I money know. into it. I will put money in for that. I believe we're like $5 in and they're all my $5 right now. But any stupid Halloween pun is a dollar in the jar. That's fair. I'll be honest with you. If I'm a little bit distracted today, I apologize. We have a uh, what do you got? Hocus we, pocus out of the background. We got, we got an associate producer here live in the studio, and instead of you know paying attention to whatever he's doing, he's taking Snapchats of me recording, trying to whisper in the background, thinking I don't hear it. So nice. if that I sounds, if sounds I like seem a, a little bit distracted at times, it really is. You know, we, we yeah. do we do it the best over here. Um, <laughs> But if I have, you know, or if I have a, a little bit of distraction from time to time, I do apologize. And now tell he's trying to, to yell into the microphone. Tell him to keep it down or get on a microphone. There we go. We don't have a third microphone. Well, we do, but I don't have anywhere to plug it in. So, <laughs> All right. Well, let's jump right in, Matt. A lot to hit today. We got Bears. Uh, we're going to talk some NFL around the league. College football first poll comes out today. Uh, this a Tuesday. Um, World Series madness. Absolute mayhem going on in the fall classic. Matt, I need your take on what the hell is going on with the Blackhawks right now. Hey. Uh, we'll do some segments, and uh, we'll, we'll send, send our folks on our way here. But first things first, we want to talk Chicago Bears, and we can't talk Chicago Bears this week without sending our best wishes to Zach Miller, his whole family, after suffering that gruesome non-contact knee injury. Um, it looked pretty touch-and-go there yesterday, as uh, NFL Mort was reporting um, that there was a chance that uh, – the, there were going to be some complications that, that yeah. he could have lost his leg. So obviously, seriousness well beyond football here, implications of life. Um, we, want, we want Zach Miller to be healthy coming back, and it sounds like they've stabilized him. There was a successful uh, arterial surgery there. It was the artery in the back of his knee that uh, was severed, but successfully stabilized him, and uh, sounds like he's going to be on his road to recovery or at least just getting back on his feet. So thoughts and prayers going out to Zach Miller. Yeah. Um, it sounded like, like, really, from what I saw on Twitter, that they were when they originally, you know, were, were getting them back there and kind of taking vitals and all that stuff. It was the I think they said that either the Bears team doctor or trainer caught the fact that his pulse, I think they said, was kind of rapidly dropping, and that they yeah, they, and, they knew there might be a problem there. And God bless those those doctors who have the you know just the propensity to diagnose something like that and then go in there and fix it. Because ta- I was talking to my cousin who is a doctor himself, and he says. That supplies all the blood flow to the bottom half of your leg, that artery down the back of your knee. So some serious stuff. Um, he said your leg essentially just fills up with blood if there's oh, a, a sever there. So not to get too graphic here. On you the, just the did. Podcast. Yeah, I, I guess I guess I've jumped the shark. Is it a medical but, podcast uh, this week? Um, we might get into <laughs> we might get into the, what, the surgery. We'll break down in episode twenty eight. Okay, I, I like that. I can do that. But uh, but on field product, Matt, you can't help but feel. I'm going to sound like a homer here, but I am a homer. Uh, you can't help but feel the Bears kind of got cheated out of one. They had their opportunities. They made some mistakes. But um, that Zach Miller touchdown was that was a, a touchdown. That was a touchdown and a a serious turning point in the game. You can't ignore that fact. No, it was, and they, they, they kind of had nothing really going for them all game, and then they finally, you know, Trubisky makes a perfect throw kind of rolling out to the right there. Miller makes the, the unbelievable one-handed catch, 
and it, it, it finally seems like things are going to it, – it, so you're going to start going the Bears' way after it seemed like you know everything before that. For the most part, the Bears were you know so close on just about everything and kind of just kept missing out on inches by some by certain things. But th- that really kind of seemed to take the wind out of everybody's sails. And then you know Connor Barth obviously didn't have the best of games, and, and Drew Brees did a lot of Drew Brees Drew, Drew Brees things. Excuse mm-hmm. me. Um, but you know, it, at least for me, hats off to that that defense, especially nobody really quit. Uh, yeah. There are a lot of times where they could have, you know, packed it, especially on that last drive when Breeze kind of ha- like heaved up that hail Mary, not hail Mary, but the, the deep ball to I forget what receiver it was now. But when Eddie Jackson kind of had a chance to make a Got play on it, a little bit, yeah. didn't, and then you know two, three plays later, whatever it is, I think it was Jonathan Bullard or Akeem Hicks comes away forcing that fumble and gives the Bears one more shot. So there are a lot of chances where they could have justifiably, you know, turned away and just kind of packed it and said this isn't our game, but they they did really do their best and give it the you know give it their best shot until Mitch threw that interception. Yeah, and that interception, I, I've looked at it a bunch. It, it kind of looked like Mitch may have sailed it, but it also looked like a bit of a miscommunication. Receiver didn't have his head turned around. I'm being a Mitch apologist right now, but I, because I loved what I saw from Trubisky, um, a little slow to start, uh, sub, sub 50% completion rate. He was 14 for 32, 164 yeah. yards and an interception. You obviously want him to see more production out of him, just his ability in crunch time when the game is on the line and you're playing from behind to be able to drive a team down the field the way he did, those are all signs of things that can grow within his game and that Bears fans have to be excited about. Oh, I agree. And I, I think one of his, his biggest problems last week, and, and not so much in Carolina, but to somewhat to an extent because he only threw, what, seven times, but he's getting a little bit after that interception against the Vikings the you know the awful one on the uh, on the potential game winning mm-hmm. tying drive whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it he's been a little bit more hesitant in the pocket and a little bit not, I don't gun shy might not be the right word but he's held on to the ball a little bit longer he's he's you know thought twice before you know letting the ball go on maybe an open route and i think that's more so because he's afraid not afraid to make the mistake but he's so doesn't want to throw that interception or do that again that he's maybe getting a little bit hesitant and I think that's something that'll it'll change with time that'll get better at you know deciding here and there but there were a couple times in that New Orleans game where they were showing replays and I, well I wasn't a huge fan of the announcing crew I forgot who, who the color guy was at the time but he did you know, make some nice points and you know he actually had this you know drag route open here but he kind of hesitated didn't pull the trigger mm-hmm. so hopefully that's something we see from him going forward I think it will be once he gets a couple more receivers he can trust hopefully once he gets a little bit more comfortable with himself I mean this he had thrown what 23 times in the last two games and now he's throwing 32 32 this game so I yeah I, I think I it's something think... you'll see him get a little bit more comfortable with as we go on but I, this, that's a good problem to have I think I'd rather have a quarterback who's a little bit too hesitant early on to make that throw than one who is trying to force everything yeah I think I think everything uh, as time passes and as they kind of take the reins off of him, that will grow. That confidence in himself, that confidence in the offense. you got to think, this guy's only been in this playbook for, uh, um, what are we, in week eight now? Yeah. And you got two months prior to the season, so he hasn't even had a year with this playbook. And honestly, it's, it's probably a changing playbook for him, too, because he's been running a watered-down version of it since you know day yeah. one. And I think every week they're probably installing a few more things here well, and there. So it's, it's a growing the- playbook. It's a changing playbook for him, too. That's the NFL. Tom yeah. Brady, Tom Brady, and Bill Belichick install things every single week. You know, there's, mm. there's, you got to be able to adapt on a week to week basis in terms of what your defense is giving you. So this situation right now might be very beneficial for Mitch moving forward. And um, 
I'm very aware that I've changed my tone, and you even addressed it on Twitter on Sunday, but they are giving me excitement. And because of my low expectation for this team, mixed with my Sunday excitement, my newly found Sunday excitement, I found myself to be in- enjoying this Bears team. It, they're fun. They are, they're, yeah. they're, it, it, the playoffs Largely are... in part because of the defense. Largely in part because you have Leonard Floyd jumping over running backs and getting sacks. Like, there is a air of athleticism to this defense. There is a grit, and you're starting to feel that... We, we talked about it last week. This defense is starting to remind you, and it, it's not to the dominant point that it ever was with, you know, Erlacher, Briggs, Tillman, all that. But they're no, but, starting yeah. to remind you of the way those guys played. They're hard-nosed, fun to watch, they're athletic. They go after the football, too, which is the last two weeks we started to see. But they, they, they're they really doing their best to start going in, trying to get the football second man in, trying to rip the ball out, punch it. They, they haven't exactly really been it. doing that as much. And I think now that they're getting a little bit more comfortable with themselves, that second man in is really going after the football. And that's what, yeah. for as long as we've been Bears fans, that's what the Bears have been known for. They haven't ever had a great offense. They, they've really never had the, this top-line quarterback, which hopefully they have now, but we'll find out. But they've always had that elite defense that goes for the football, and, and we're starting to see flashes of that now. Yeah, that's exactly it. They're a, they're a group of guys that seems like on any given play, they can make a play. They can force a turnover, and that's, that's exciting to watch. Yeah. Um, Matt, uh, this, as this linebacker group starts to get back to full strength, some news that was swept under the rug yesterday because of the Zach Miller news, Bears are going to be without Jarrell Freeman for the next 10 weeks due to a violation of the banned substance uh, agreement with the NFL. Um, he said he was sorry, but uh, that, that's, the, that's the facts of life. He had, he had something in his system he wasn't supposed to, and now he's going to have to sit 10. Yeah, Joe, you know, that was, it's the second time, so it's hard to you know, say you feel too bad for the guy because it isn't ex- the second time you do it, it should be inexcusable, but at the same time, with whatever statement he put out yesterday, it seems like he might be going through a lot more personal stuff than just football problems yeah. uh, with, with concussion issues and all that stuff. So obviously you hope it's for the best for him. But at the same time, I mean, the second PED violation in within a calendar year I think is inexcusable. It, it, and that's what it was, right? They did say it was PEDs, not now, substance I'm, I'm trying abuse, to right? I'm trying to figure it out right now. It, everything says a violation of the PED policy. But yeah, like, so what's on the PED policy? Because these guys can take HGH. They can take growth hormone. What else do you need? That's a good question. Like they I mean, have I mean, growth hormone and you have a concussion problem and you have freaks running around at 27 miles an hour running into each other head first. I think I have a solution here for the concussion problem. Put HGH on the banned substance list. Like what, what is on that list? Like, I honestly didn't know that wasn't on the banned substance list. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I'm sure we could look it up if we wanted to. Uh, I think there'd be a lot of long names that we don't know what they mean or what they are. Um, but whatever it is that he's doing, whether that's steroids, whether it's something like Adderall for the most part, I don't really know. Um, but hopefully he can figure it out for himself. I, I, I'm betting he's played his last game as a Chicago Bear simply because they've had guys like Christian Jones and Nick Kwiatkowski emerge, and they probably don't need to deal with this headache. So once he comes off IR at the end of the year, I would imagine they'll cut ties with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, might even be his last game in the NFL from what he's been saying. So you kind of hope from a personal standpoint that he's okay. And he, he was – for his limited time here when he was healthy, he was a very good bear, though that might have had something yeah. to do with the PEDs he was on. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, I guess you just hope for the best for him personally. It's t- it's tough to get too invested into a guy like that on the field because we've seen so little of him, and yeah. we kind of know what he's done to, to get where he's been now, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, but still, personally, hope for the best for him. And, and I'm looking at it now, so i gotta I got to 
clarify here a little bit. There are certain HGH is kind of a blanket term. There are certain drugs that fall under the HGH classification that are tested for, but there are certain that are not. So like anything else, player uh, performance enhancing drugs are always going to be one step ahead of the testing. The testing is always going to be retroactive. There's always going to be something that guys are taking to make themselves bigger, stronger, faster that is not on a substance list. And until you get out in front of it as a league, you're always going to have a problem with it. Yeah, and I guess another going back to Jarrell specifically, like I was talking to one of my, my friends at work last night and was kind of saying like, I get, you know, getting caught the first time if you're doing steroids. Yeah. Like, it, you shouldn't be doing that. But if, if you if you are doing it for whatever reason, you get caught, okay, you know what? It's unpredictable when you're going to get tested and all that kind of stuff, and it, it can mm-hmm. pop up on you. But to get caught again, even if you're on IR, you know that somebody's going to you – know, you're going to still get tested and all that stuff. How you don't – just don't do it. You, you know somebody's yeah. going to be testing. You know it's going to be off and it's going to be more than once. Just – be smarter to do it twice in the same year is just it stupidity bothers me and i don't know if this is something that has to do with you know it's ironic that stupidity bothers me but um <laughs> i i know it has to it might have to do with more than just his physical maybe he's got some, something going on in his head but for the like at the same time just don't be an idiot yeah and that's being it's, an idiot i live my life simple. by you know one policy for the most part and that's don't be an idiot and he's being an idiot joe mm-hmm. no i i completely agree with you matt and it's a shame. Bears are going to be without him. Um, before we move on to some general NFL talk here, one of my favorite Bears finds himself sidelined again. Kyle Long just seems like he can't stay healthy this time. A finger? I, I mean, he, he, the way gonna... he was taught, I, was, I, I saw his audio from after the game, and it, it, he said it some, had something to do with like a knuckle in there too. Uh, I, I don't know if he saw on the sideline after he came out, he had that left hand completely yeah, he clubbed. Was, Pretty clubbed up, but and I, I, know I don't want to sound like I don't want to sound no. like my dad. I don't want to sound like a bonehead, but like, and, and I know Kyle Long's ten times tougher than you and I will ever be, and I know and, he wants uh, to I, be on that field on, more I than anyone. A, I know where you're going with this, and a, I think I have. But a, a, a finger, a uh, finger. So he, so here's what I'll say: um, offensive. The line same appendage is, Lonnie Lonnie Rot or Ronnie Lott had removed, so he can continue to play. A uh, offense, offensive line play. I mean, is is so heavily hand push. Pull, it, yes. It, not even, no, not even that you can run block with a, with a club. I mean, that's not that yeah. you, you can, it's, it's a lot harder to grab a hold and probably leads to more holding penalties with you know the one hand, but pass protection without, you know, being able to really punch with just kind of having that club. It's, it's not that easy to do. And if they're confident in their backup guard at that point, and they think he gives them a little bit better of a shot, I'm, I'm sure Kyle yeah. Long was trying to get out back out on the field when they made yeah, him go that, back to the locker question. room. I'm sure he was. He was yeah. very, you know, pretty pissed off that they weren't letting him go back into the game. So I, I, I'm not going to go out on him here. I'm going to say this was a you know medical or coaching decision, saying you know do we want our back? I think it was Tom Compton, whoever it was, uh, either backup yeah. guard at full strength, or we do want do we want you know a Pro Bowl guard with one hand. And if they thought that that was more effective for what they wanted to do, I can't really fault them for that. I I know I, this isn't the first time I've heard some people, you know, taking shots at Kyle Long for missing time with a finger, but offensive line play, it's not like, you you know, it's not like being a linebacker or, you know, a defensive back where, you know, really the only thing you need that hand for is trying to catch the ball, uh, you know, defensively. Um, But you kind of need those fingers as an offensive lineman, all that stuff. So I'm okay with it. I would have liked to see him come back, and he did for for a time. But I'm I'm okay with it. I don't want to. I don't want to question Kyle Long, and I don't want to take shots at Kyle Long. Obviously, like I said, one of my favorite Bears. But I don't want to question Kyle Long. But he's a he's a wimp. No, 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 no. no. I'm going a different direction here. This (laughs) is becoming an issue. 
Kyle Long is no, injury is. prone. You can say that without offending Kyle Long. I, I'm sure Kyle but Long. Last year he became podcast. injury prone. Before that, of course he listens to the podcast. He's, one he's of not those, an idiot. He's one of those freak athlete guys who always finds himself hurt. You know, See, but he's that's the, only really started the last year or so. Before that, he'd been a relatively healthy guy. Yeah, but what have you done for me lately is my question. J.J. Watt was on the field for the first seven years of his career, and he's found himself injured the last three. So things happen. Guys grow. Bodies change. Uh, we'll we'll I, see I'm if looking Kyle at a guy who's a little bit injured I don't, I don't think he's going to miss any more time with this finger injury. Um, the the ankle one was was bad, but he you know he's yeah. had that surgery. I know he's still got the labrum issue, but as an offensive lineman, he, you can deal with you that. You kind of live with and that. He, and yeah. he has been. So I'll give him credit. There's really only been kind of the one – major injury that he's missed time granted he missed a lot of time with it all at camp beginning of this year a lot of last year though last year didn't really matter um i i i I wouldn't say i'm on your boat saying he is injury prone i'm at the point where i'm concerned about whether he might be getting there he's a glass man let's not Um, go that far bears uh on the bye this week coming back versus the packers Uh, are the bears gonna be favorites in that game i don't think so but um i think think they might be favorites you think I, i don't know it depends. I think it depends what the Packers do next week. I don't know who they have. But. They have Detroit on Monday Night Football. Okay, so Packers coming in on a short week. Bears coming in with a long layoff. Let's prepare. Let's get ready. Everybody stay in Hallis Hall. Let's Bears minus 10.5. Let's have something to up. hang our hats on, to hang our fedoras on this uh, this season. I'm Stop sorry. Um, let, let, let's hang our hats on this, on this Packers win. I'm going to put a lot of weight on it, so... Uh, bears off this week. Uh, we'll find something else to talk about next week on the what? podcast. What are we going to talk about? I, I don't know, Matt. We'll maybe uh, we'll maybe write limerick poems or something like that. But a lot going on in the NFL around the league. Uh, no headline bigger than Garoppolo to the 49ers. Um, for all the opportunities that the New England Patriots had to move Garoppolo, they, they recognized that this is the time. It was right. He didn't have any intention of re-signing a short-term deal with them. So I think they thought, let's get what we can for them. They got a second rounder out of them that they'll probably turn into an all-pro. Good for the Patriots. Not so good for Garoppolo going into a terrible situation in San Francisco. It is not a great situation, but I think he's at least going into a, a spot with a with a good developmental head coach. I mean, uh-huh. I'm trying to look at the bright side for him. Yeah. Um, and he's a, he's a, he's he, he's always said he wants to be a franchise guy. Yeah, and he, he's they, got they don't have chance. any prospects of that right now. So Hell, even when Tom Brady leaves New England and he were to finally take over when he's 31 years old, he's yeah. still not like he is technically the franchise guy. But you'll never be the franchise guy because Tom and Brady, even after he retires, will be the franchise quarterback. Now is Garoppolo two time or three time Super Bowl champion now? Ooh, uh, I think he's just two. Uh, yeah, well, I think he's two. Either way, kid's got two under his belt. Go somewhere, have a good time. Get yourself a starting quarterback salary and ride off into the sunset. Yeah, I'm with you. I think he's. It's a. I think it's a good trade for both sides, and I think it shows that he wasn't. I'm sure the Patriots were demanding a first round pick last year, but the market mm-hmm. for him must not have been anywhere near that. Because if, if San Francisco only had to give up that second round pick, I mean, the rumors were, you know, the Pats wanted you know the Bears or the Niners first round pick from last year, so the two or three overall, which clearly now that we look back on it, was not must have been not a, a viable option for them because if it was, I'm sure they would have pulled the trigger on it. Yeah. Um, Bill Belichick quoted in saying about the trade uh, of Garoppolo. <laughs> so that was some really, some enlightening stuff from Belichick. Um, some, well, what did he say? Great, I couldn't, I couldn't quite make that out. You want to repeat that? He said, <laughs> okay, gotcha. So gotcha. it was really, you know, he just shed light on the whole situation there. 
Um, but good for Jimmy. Uh, he's going to have his chance to be a, a franchise guy. You got to root for him. For any Chicagoland area products, I always pull for him. So uh, we'll be watching Garoppolo. Uh, Adam Schefter reporting yesterday that uh, Garoppolo will not start this Sunday. They're going to give him at least a week to get. Another some week of, the of CJ Beathard out in, out, uh, out in San Francisco. I know our, oh, our associate producer here, Rob Gallick, is pumped about that. He's a big Iowa guy. Yeah. And, uh, and, another week of CJ Beathard out, out on the bay. That's right. Uh, another headline just coming down earlier today, late last night, the Eagles. Um, Right now, the best team in football acquiring even more firepower. They get Jay Ajayi from the from just the woeful Miami Dolphins uh, for a the four and pick. three Miami Dolphins, by the way. Yeah, but um, <laughs> just not much there. That's, Cuddy, that just Cuddy, goes Cuddy to show be fine. Cuddy there's be not fine. much difference between a four and three team and a two and six team in the NFL these days. Cuddy's anyone can beat be anyone. Just fine, buddy. He'll but, take him to the yeah, promised land. That's not where I was going with this, man. <laughs> I was going the Eagles route, the Jay Ajayi route. Um, I think they got him on the cheap here. I think Jay Ajayi is a top-level running back. I think he's taken a step back this year. But last season, you really saw what he could do as a power back, as a speed back. And if you can get him with a feature guy like LeGarrett Blunt, that makes that team that much more dangerous. Yeah, I, I mean, it definitely gives them that one-two punch. I'm not a, I don't think I'm as high on Jay Ajayi as you are. I, I know he had a great year last year, but... It was one year, um, mm-hmm. and, and running backs. It seems like more than any other position seem to have those, you know, big breakout years, and then go back to you know not mediocrity, but kind of more mm-hmm. what they were. Um, but for a fourth round pick, I mean, at this point, why not? You're hoping to get a guy like Jai in the fourth round, and if you think you got a shot, like the Eagles absolutely doing this year, yeah, because there really up. is nobody in the NFC that strikes me as that big of a threat at this point, other than the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think why the hell not go out and, and you know take that risk and like you said now you got a one two punch with a guy like Legarrette Blunt who's you know won Super Bowls knows what it's like so I, I think it's a great pick for them and they also got you know that that speed third down back in Wendell Smallwood I think it is so they got three viable options now in the backfield just an offense full of weapons and Matt we're uh, we're about halfway through the season now correct a little bit past halfway through the season at the halfway I, point actually week eight just we're exactly at the halfway point so. Yes. I think it's a good time to talk about who we think is for real. Outside of the Philadelphia Eagles at 7-1, and one, obviously. And the Bears. And the Bears, obviously. Um, who, who's caught your eye this season? I, I don't. No one has really stood out. There's been good moments and bad moments for these top-half teams. The Patriots stumbling out of the gate, starting to find their way sneakily at 6-2, and two, if you can be a sneaky 6-2. and two. The Chiefs last night... Uh, I was going to say the Chiefs are a team that have... Yeah, they, they've got all the pieces. Kareem Hunt is the real deal. You got Cheetah on the outside. The defense has been playing possessed. They're at 6-2. and two. The Steelers, a sneaky 6-2 and two after all of that internal, you know turmoil that they were having um the vikings at six and two and then you fall down to the five and two four and three group with uh seattle dallas los angeles new orleans so a lot of middle of the road teams that i think that could still emerge i like the texans still i, I do like the houston texans still the panthers at five and three i think are scary especially when they get back to full health and they get everyone back on board uh, the saints coming off of that bears win are dangerous that was that much- honestly that was going to be my yeah, the Saints. I, I think I love what the Saints are doing right now, and I got to watch them more, obviously, up up close uh, and personal this week with mm-hmm. the Bears. But they, they have the elite quarterback, obviously, in Drew Brees, who I I hadn't actually sat down and watched a Drew Brees Saints game in a long time. 
Yeah. And I forgot how good he is. Like that throw he made, the one he made on, what was it, third and long or whatever, when he just kind of heaved it up there, the one we talked about earlier, that was as good of a throw as you can possibly make. Uh, Um, I'll I'll refute that. And I know this is a small, we're nitpicking here, but that's that's just a DB who doesn't get his head around. No, no, he put it on, I'm not saying, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, that's that's not as as good of a throw. He gave his guy a shot. He put a deep ball right on the money where it needed to be and basically knew yeah. if it was intercepted, it was going to be a Good punt. Good enough as a punt. He, he, no, totally he knew where his that. guy was going and didn't have yeah. much time to kind of stand back there and look for him. He just kind of put it right where it needed to be. But still, uh, yeah, but in his late 30s, has all the tools that you could want in a quarterback. Yeah, they, they have a, a very good – as good of a one-two punch at running back, I think, as there is in the NFL right now with Alvin Kamara, who's kind of come out – not come out of nowhere from Tennessee, but really showing why they, they had so much faith in him coming out of the draft. Mark Ingram. Uh, seems yeah. to be a new running back this year. I, I think when they brought in Adrian Peterson, it kind of did a little bit something to him. Tried to he maybe sparked him, figured out like, hey, this isn't necessarily my job anymore. Yeah. Um, so he looks like a new running back, and that defense is playing as well as it has in, I mean, forever. The Saints for the last you know, three or four years, it seems like we've been finishing seven and nine, eight and eight because that offense can score with anybody, but the defense can't stop anyone. Now that defense seems to be flying around, stopping people, taking the football away. So I, I think they're as balanced of a team as there is in the NFC outside of Philadelphia. They have the quarterback. They have the weapons on the outside. They have the running back. I, I think they're – and if they get a couple home games in the playoffs, it's really hard to go win a playoff game in the Superdome. Yeah, I, I like them. I like what I saw. But the team that really caught my eye last week that seems to be trending in the right direction has all the pieces and is somehow flying under the radar. I mean, recent Super Bowl champs. I like the Seattle Seahawks in the NFC to, to really give, uh, to give the, the Eagles a run for their money. Russell Wilson is a guy who still doesn't get the respect he deserves. I, behind Aaron Rodgers, behind Tom Brady, I think Russell Wilson's my next guy. Like fourth quarter, we're down two scores. I want Russell Wilson in there. He can do it with his feet still. He can do it with his arm. He doesn't make mistakes. He doesn't make bad decisions. That coupled with the 12s, you know, going in to play in Seattle. Mm -hmm. And that defense still forcing turnovers. Obviously, they gave up 30-something points to Houston. But Deshaun Watson, I mean, I, I... It doesn't seem like anyone can really stop him. So I still have a lot of faith in that defense and their ability to make big plays. I think the Seattle Seahawks are a team that are going to find themselves in the NFC Championship game. Uh, that, you know, that wouldn't shock me at all. And I think Russell Wilson tends to fly under the radar just because that defense has always been you know, the focal yeah, point since the they've been good. It's, it's not... It's not what it used to be. It's still a very good defense, but it is nowhere near the you know the dominant Legion of Boom Boom team that you know won the Super Bowl and then almost had two in a row against New England. They're not that anymore, but they're still very good. Um, and and Russell Wilson, it, it seems like the quarterbacks who can do it with their feet as much as their arm never seem to get the respect that their arm necessarily deserves. Mm-hmm. And Russell Wilson can make as as many throw or you know make the throws that just about anybody in the NFL can make. But the fact that he's so good on his feet, I think that tends to overshadow what he can do with his arm people tend to overlook how good of an arm he has and how, i'm with you he, outside of tom brady i think I, i'm not sure there's a and aaron Rodgers, begrudging yeah um <laughs> there is not a, a quarterback i'd rather have leading a fourth quarter drive and i put him up there with those two guys honestly yeah and it's i think it's his sad eyes that's what that's why we underestimate him he's got sad eyes yeah i'm not gonna what else really did you want to talk about around the NFL? Don't go. <laughs> um, Cowboys sitting at four and three, uh, kind of that watershed moment of the season coming up here for them, and they might be without Ezekiel Elliott. 
he's going to try and. Uh, well, he was suspended again, and then he'll he be was suspended for the third again, time this season. And I don't really understand. Here. But if you're the Cowboys, you almost say, take your six games. This is inevitable. We want you back for the tail end, and we want you back for the playoffs. I yeah. think if I'm Jerry Jones, that's what I say to him. They're putting all their support behind him, but they got to really believe behind that they Behind closed doors, I'm probably – I think I know that this is going to happen at some point. The NFL is too persistent on it. I kind of just – I'm with you. Just let's get it over with now. If we can get you this week against – they have Kansas City at home this uh, this Sunday. So if there's any way that they can hold off till after that game, go for yeah. it and do it. But after that, let's let's, let's Yeah, but on. after let's Kansas City – I'm looking at it now. After Kansas City, they got uh, Atlanta, Philly, and then you got Chargers, Redskins, Giants, Raiders. Well, I don't think they're going to be able to hold off for two weeks. I mean, if you can, if there's yeah. any way to hold off through Philly, great. But I don't think they're going to be able to do that uh, yeah, so, with, the, with the way that I mean, it feels like it's been even more in the news the last few weeks. The, but the fact that the fact that the Cowboys still have their support behind them and aren't playing this strategically, they got to think that they have an ace in the hole or some sort of strategy that will allow him to play the entirety of this season. Yeah, or it's just Jerry Jones being stubborn. Because that's <laughs> we, what, like our, we like our guy. We won't, we won't Zeke to have a fair shake. That's there you go. That, he, he needs a fair shake. You so, do an awful Jerry Jones impression. That's a decent, that's it's, a decent Jerry. It's not one of my best. It's, it's nowhere near your top five. All right. Well, a uh, <laughs> lot going on in the NFL, Matt. Plenty to watch. And as much as people complain about it being a boring season. It's or not a, this has pro- been an awesome the product season. On the, fe- the, the fact that we don't have backing. that dominant team, I think, is why it makes this such a great season. It's been unpredictable. The last yeah. couple of years, people are saying, like, oh, it's going to be the Patriots. Football's boring. And now, and, you know, now we finally have some parodies. Like, oh, there's no good team. Football's boring. What do you want? You do have the dominant team, too. Start to give, start to give the Eagles their, their due respect because they're 7-1. and one, And... It doesn't seem like they have any signs of falling off or falling back. Well, until uh, they play the Bears. Yeah, until they play the Bears, yeah. and then, then, then it's going to be trouble in, trouble in River City. But uh, Philly's, your, Philly's your dominant team. You have that dominant team. Yeah, but I, that's what I, just, I, I think this has been as entertaining of, of a NFL season I can remember for a while. We have, we have quarterback play for the most part across the NFL that seems to be uh, in as good of a spot as we could have hoped um, given the last few years when we kind of thought the position was, was dying. Um, I think this has been as fun of an NFL season. Part of that has to do with the Bears being decent again and a competitive team. But for me, this has been as fun of a football season we've had, as we've had in a while. Yes, it has, Matter. Uh, Bears get the week off on the bye, on the mend, as we said. What do we do on Sunday? With Zach Miller. We'll figure something out. Um, I think like, I'll, just be, I'll be locked in on red zone. I'll be locked in on red zone. Yeah, it's, or, not, it's not the same. It's good. Just, Don't get me wrong. I might, love it. Might, you know, might just chalk it up as a loss, head out to the pumpkin patch, you know, pick a pumpkin. Something yeah. Like that. Don't don't yeah. do that. Some some fall activities. It's, it's Halloween's <laughs> over. Don't do that. Well, I know what I'm doing on Saturday, Matt. I'm going to be watching some college football. Uh, my cats are in town here in Lincoln. Hashtag uh, go but, cats. But I'm an unbiased uh, reporter. Of course you are. Say. That's um, why you're the best. It'll, it'll be fun to see a couple uh, former Illinois Wesleyan Titans on the coaching staff over there. Uh, they'll be here this weekend. So a couple. Yeah, uh, I know Coach Sean's Jay. out there. Oh, yeah, Coach, Coach Jay, yeah, he's an offensive he's, quality control guy, I believe. With, uh, he uh, with does something with him. I forgot what it was. But yeah, he, yeah he so uh, Coach Jasinski will be there. Sean Conley will be there. Uh, it sounds like a photo opportunity to me, so stay tuned on that one. You've never been um, looking to miss one of those. <laughs> you're right. Um, but a uh, lot going on in college football. Can you, can you tell those two Lincoln. I said hi, by the way? I, I will. I will pass so those are good your, guys. Your tell, tell them I said hello. I will pass along your well wishes, Matter. I didn't say that. I said hi. Okay, I will, I will say hello to them for you. It'll be dry. It'll be perfect. Thank you. Um, first college football uh, poll comes out today, and 
seems like there's going to be some wrenches. I'm going to put you on the spot here, Joe. What, okay. If you got, if you got the, the top six is kind of what they reveal. They're the the top four and then the first two out. What are who who do you think are your top? You know, are the top six tonight? And then give me who you think should be the top six in what order. Well, I'm just going to give you it once because I'm going to give you the top six. And, oh, and the I committee's, audit, the committee's in tune with Joe. No, no, no. So. I am the committee right now. So I'm going to give You're you not the top the com- six. You're the ego on Alabama, you. Georgia, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Penn State, look on the outside looking in, and Oklahoma State on the outside looking wow. in. Wow. No, I, I know they haven't played anybody, but you don't have an undefeated Wisconsin in the top undefeated six. Wisconsin, undefeated Wisconsin is going to get snubbed. I mean, yeah, you could, you could interchange them, I guess, with that Oklahoma State team. Uh, or with the Penn State team, both Oklahoma State's got one loss, correct? Yeah, correct. Um, they got the one so, loss. They lost to TCU at home. Two one-loss teams. To me, the five and six teams don't matter. Uh, it, it, they're on the outside looking in. So put put Nebraska there. Put no, Toledo they're not. They're there. not good. Put Toledo there for all I care. Is my point. Like I, I'm worried about the four. Who's in? Who's out? I, I don't care how close you are. I, like Nick Saban. Like Nick Saban enough. said. On a week-to-week basis, none of this matters. You That's know, true. It's, it's me, honestly the pattern between the all that is over. for us. I mean, it, call it's, me it's after for, the conference championship. Yeah, call me after the conference championship and let me know who's in. But right now, top four, I have Ohio State off of that big win at four, Notre Dame with one tough loss at three. I have Georgia at two and Alabama at one. I think that I, I think one and two right now is is obvious. It's going to be Alabama Georgia. I, I think number three. Georgia, sorry to sorry to interrupt. No, but Georgia might have the best win of the season over Notre Dame. Not the right. pump up ND. No, right now they do on the uh, on I, the road against a team that's done what they've done after that loss. I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised to see Georgia at one. I guess is what I'm saying. Alabama will be one just because I think they're Alabama and yeah. they, they they're Alabama. They're always going to be one if they're undefeated. I think, but I, I agree. With Alabama doesn't really have that statement win like Georgia does. Georgia went on the road to what we're learning now is a, a pretty Dominant, you know, front seven offensive line in Georgia handled them pretty 33 well. Thirty-three trucking. Um, that those are great hats. I kind of need one of those. <laughs> um, but I, I, I'm with you on those top two. I think Ohio State is going to be number three tonight. I think the committee loves Ohio State, and yeah. uh, whether that's justified or not, I, I think they're going to be there. And I actually think Clemson is going to be number four. Mm-hmm. Um, in, if it were my, in my world, I think Notre Dame should be in the top four right now, given what they've done, given their one loss. But I think being the defending national champion, and I know they lost on the road to Syracuse, who's not a great team, but didn't have their quarterback most of the night. I think the committee is going to justify a way to get Clemson, at least in that original top four. And I think you'll have Notre Dame and Wisconsin on the on the, the top, you know, rounding out that top six on the outside looking in. But I don't think Clemson should be in the top four yet. I think they have a lot to prove. Yeah, I don't think so either. You've got to compare those losses and Notre Dame's losses. Even Clemson's loss. wins. Louisville at the time was a great win, but you look at Louisville, they're not very good. Uh, Virginia so, Tech, they, they won on the road by a couple scores at Virginia Tech, but again, with Virginia Tech, we don't really know what they are yet. They beat West Virginia early on in the year. I know they play Miami this week, but Miami, after that, whatever that was at North Carolina last week, is, is still undefeated, but you don't know how good they are. So they don't really have that statement win either. I'm not going to call West Virginia on a neutral state a, a statement win yet. Matt, I, I kind of feel like I'm beating the drum alone here on sure. Notre Dame. I don't know if you're protecting your heart, protecting your emotions, but are you in yet? Are you oh, on board Joe, yet? I'm all in. I, okay, I am well, so in. It's not your, even Put fun. them in your top oh, no, four. I, well, I know. I did in my Beat personal, the damn drum. No, no, no. In my, I, I, if you listen to me, which I guess you didn't, 
Um, I did. I said in my personal world, and if I'm if I'm the one making the rankings, I'm the head of the committee. I am the. But committee. you think the committee will justify I think, Clemson? Yeah, I get what yes, you're saying. Yes, I think eventually. I still think Notre Dame controls their own destiny, and I think if they win out and you know finish this season with you know win against a good Wake team, uh, they went at Miami, they beat Navy, they went at Stanford. I, I think there's no way the committee could leave them out with that only loss being to Georgia by one point. Yeah, um, that that's just me. That'll but be. I, I mean, right now, I, just, I don't think they're going to be put into there in my world in my top four. I ha- I would have them as the number three team in the country right now. Okay, uh, with Ohio uh, State be, probably at number four. Honestly, they'd have to be one of the only teams in the nation if they do win out with four top twenty-five wins yeah. and one loss to what might be the top team in the nation. And so. what, what I love about how they're doing it this year is that they're. It's not like a couple of years ago where they were just trying to throw the ball around the yard and they were relying on their athletes, which, you know, that They're works in certain they have situations. Week. They, exactly. They, they are adjusting their game plan pretty much every week. and They're, they're sticking to the run. They're, they are not giving up on the run the first couple of times. The last couple of years, that's what they've done. They, they've tried to set, they used to try to, you know, establish the run early on. It wouldn't go well. And then Deshaun Kaiser or Brand, uh, not Brandon, Everett Golson, whoever the hell it was at the time would throw the ball 50 times a game. Now, you, you watch that NC State game, they had trouble running the ball early on. The, the offensive line had trouble getting going against that really good front mm-hmm. seven, who you know everyone was saying has a couple pro prospects on there, which they absolutely do. But they, they had trouble running the ball early on. They stuck to it, and what do you know, Josh Adams ends up with 200-plus yards rushing. They're not giving up on that run because it, it, it can be tough early on, especially with teams who are talented up front and who you know want to take a shot at Notre Dame. Notre Dame's got a target on their back because – they're Notre Dame, and now they're you know top five team in the country, and everybody's all over that offensive line like they should be. Teams are going to give their best early on. They're not. They're weathering that storm, and then they're taking over because they know they have the better athletes up front, and that's what's Absolutely. encouraging. These two coordinator hires for them, the play calling being turned over from Kelly to uh, to Chip Long, it, it, it's been a, a breath of fresh air into a program that has been. And I know I was all over them early on, which I think a little bit right stale, from, you know, a little bit stale. Yeah. I, I think that yeah. these coordinators and the way Brian Kelly has shipped, I'm not 100% sold on Brian Kelly yet. Uh, I will oh, be, God. I'll know after you the wanted year. him fired in week three. So, hey, you know, I wasn't the only one, and I still reserve judgment till after the season. Um, <laughs> Josh Adams sitting with 1,100 yards, 1,100 plus. Uh, yeah, honestly, five, and this is, I'm not trying to take a shot at Brian Kelly here by saying this, but the best thing he did all offseason is hire these coordinators and, and give yeah, them more responsibility. The yeah. Because they yeah. have the, the game plans they put together, persistence and sticking with the run and trusting that offensive line up front has, been, has paid off dividends. And like I've yeah. been saying all season long, Joe, <clears throat> it is one of, if not the best, rushing attacks in the country. You got to give those hogs their credit because um, they're You're giving they're offensive just, linemen credit. They're absolute That's new road graders. You, you don't this usually this, do that. No, this is I, a new job. The first one. No, you. You're just like you're just a, a an ex offensive lineman who who's has yeah, his feelings. I, you're just yeah. you just have your feel. You have very fragile no, feelings. I I, comes yeah, to not I, getting the glory. I, I only played with you for three years, but that's fine. I'm the no, first I more than that. I played with you for six years. I can't show off my hands. These guys can't show off their running backs. You can't show off your guys, your talent on your team without those road graders, whether it be pass blocking, run blocking. It starts with the front four, and, and Notre Dame has, I think, unarguably the best in the country, if not the top two, three in the country. So the Irish are going to be a tough matchup for anyone that comes at them. The, my favorite thing about last week with Notre Dame is they had a punt block for a touchdown in the first quarter. Their mental toughness showed. They go on to win by three scores. So yeah. 
good good stuff there by the Irish. Um, they're going to be fun to watch down the stretch. I cannot wait for that matchup with Miami in two weeks. That's I'll, be uh, I'll be in the house this Saturday, Joe. I'll, I'll be down in South Bend. It's it's calling for 40s and a 90% chance of rain, so I'm not there sure you how go. long we'll I'll get be the, there. Get the uh, poncho out. I'll get the poncho dry. out, but there's a chance I'm out of there by like you know the second quarter if, if the weather's bad. But we'll see. <laughs> Well, Matt, uh, plenty of football to watch, um, some big ones this weekend as always, but uh, let's jump into our locks of the week. Um, oh, I'm going to stay, I- I'm going to make it easy right here. Notre Dame 13 and a half versus Wake Forest. I'm currently on a three game heater. Lock it up. The Irish win by three scores again. I'm struggling Force, a little bit the last couple weeks. Uh, yeah, I-, I think so, I've lost two, two in a row now. Uh, I believe you've lost three in a row. Three is a three in a row? Wow. I think you've lost three in a row. I can't even even remember correctly. I'm now one game in the lead. Congratulations, Joe. We are tied tied at three and three last week. We're all uh, all very proud of you. Well, it's it's tough because I want to pass you, but I also want you to be right this week. You're one game back, all right? You can root. You can root for a Notre Dame win by by ten. I guess rooting for a twelve point win this week. A twelve point twelve win. Yeah. point so win. I got Irish thirteen and a half versus Wake Forest at home. Who's your pick? You know, I, I I've been I've been bouncing back and forth here between a couple options. I like Florida get getting three and a half against the Missouri team that hasn't beaten a good team all year. Uh, I think those teams tend to bounce back pretty well after after you know the coach gets fired. But I think I'm going to go with Penn State. Okay. Penn State's getting, I think it's seven, or giving seven. I'm sorry, not getting seven. Uh, giving seven on the road at Michigan State. I don't think Michigan State's all that great of a team. They just lost a heartbreaker at Northwestern, and I think Penn State is going to – I think James Franklin's going to do a good job getting those guys fired up and kind of saying, like, hey, you know, we went out, we do it impressively, we can still get back into this playoff. So I, I, I think they're going to come out with, uh, with some fire this weekend. So I'm going to go Penn State on the road minus seven at Michigan State. I like that one as well, Matt. Michigan State coming off a tough three-overtime loss against Northwestern. Um, Something's got to give in that one. Two teams hungry to get back on uh, the winning side of things. Matt, uh, let's let's do a full 180 here. It has been madness in the World Series. Uh, A 13 to 12. Was that 10 inning? 10th inning? 10 inning. It seemed like it was about 15 or 16 innings, but yeah, it went a while. I watched every pitch, and I felt like I had just gone and ran a marathon after that one. It was it was fun. It was exciting. I'd never seen anything like that. When Puig hit the home run to make it a one-score game in the 10th, the top of the 10th, I believe that was, um, I was almost desensitized to it. It was like, oh, no, I knew that was going to happen. Uh, let's, let's get on with it because they're going to tie this ball game up, and, and it's just going to keep going. It felt like it was never going to end. Are you... Are you enjoying it, or is it too much? No, I, this, I, I'm enjoying it. This is no longer baseball. This is, it, it is, I, I know there's, you know, might be some stuff going on with the baseballs, whatever. I, I'm not sure exactly what it is. I know some pitchers are complaining that they're a little bit more slick. You can't really Slippery. grip and throw the breaking ball. But we're actually watching two lineups here with just elite bats pretty much from top to bottom. Um, so it's, it's not mm-hmm. like we're seeing offensive spurts from a team like, you know, uh, the White Sox or someone like that. We, is it, with not you know deep lineups, but teams just still raking the ball. These, are, I mean, you look at the Astros lineup. Brian McCann's hitting ninth. I mean that that that's how good yeah. of a lineup, how deep of a lineup this is. The Dodgers are you know the same way. They're one through nine. They're you know they're all tough out. So that that's why I'm okay seeing. No, this. I, it's I not like, like you're if there's going to be know, average baseball. If there's going to be 25 like, runs. Yeah, yeah it, it's it's good. These are the two teams to do it exactly. And, and I, I do think the baseball factors into some of it. But if you have a World Series, you know, with the Pirates and the White Sox, I guarantee I don't care what the balls are like. You're not seeing 13 to 12 games like that. Yeah. Um, Matt, 
pretty simple question here. Does this go seven? Do the Dodgers take this one tonight? I, I think the Dodgers do. I think this series is one of those series that has just been meant to go seven. Yeah, um, I believe it's Rich Hill, it's Justin, Rich Hill and Justin Verlander. Verlander and I, it's a really tough matchup for the Dodgers, but I, I think they find a way to mm-hmm. go ahead and grab it 4-7 at home. That place, just like Houston, you know, Dodger Stadium gets pretty rowdy. And I, they're they're too good of a team, I think, to not force this to seven. Plus, I'm just selfish. I want to see seven games. Me too. It's uh, it's going to be exciting either way. And you said it though, Matt. You got to hand it to both of these fan bases because there hasn't been a quiet pitch. Obviously, once the Dodgers went up four to nothing or three to nothing, whatever it was, um, last game, it, it got a little quiet in Houston. But then Houston came right back, tied the ball game up, and both of these fan bases have just been absolutely electric and added that soundtrack to what has been a really exciting series mm-hmm. i'm with you um let's let's double back here a little bit though Whoa. is something going on with the balls uh i think so um i i, I know clayton kershaw has never been the best playoff pitcher but he's taken strides kind of that way this year and yeah I, I don't see guys like that giving up that many runs making that many mistakes uh in, in playoff baseball like this i just i don't there, there, there's elite pitchers who are hanging pitches they never really hang, who can't really get grips on the ball like they can. I, I think there is something going on with them. I don't know to what extent. I don't know. I don't like. I said I don't think it's the reason it's twelve to thirteen, you know, thirteen to twelve. But I, I do think there is something going on with the baseballs. I'd have to agree with you. Whatever it is, I'm going to sit back and enjoy it. Hopefully, yeah, uh, I'm having fun with it. I don't like that it's a five-hour game to go ten. I was going to say hopefully they keep fun, this but, game under four hours, but. Um, should be another good one, Matt. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I don't know if you're going to be able to cover this in Matt's Hockey Minute because I think that the problem goes well beyond a minute. But what the heck is going on with the Blackhawks? Well, it's 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 still some growing pains. It's it's a lot of it's new guys on the roster still getting to work. It's it's a very young defensive core after Duncan Keith for the most part. That Brand Brand Seabrook, but that's uh, still kind of figuring things out, learning systems, all that kind of stuff. And it, it, it's something that, quite honestly, we expected to see at some points this year. I don't know if we thought it would get to, you know, one and one, four and one in their last six and kind of getting outscored the way they are. But when the power play is not working, uh, they're oh for their last whatever. It's been pretty abysmal on their last road trip. Um, it, it, it's tough to, you know, win hockey games when you're in tight games and you can't score on the power play and you're giving one up here and there. You're, you're not going to win many. They're they're not really possessing the puck as much as we've seen in the past, and we're starting to see a little bit more reverting to, you know, the last couple of years. Um, they're mm-hmm. not getting the grade A chances up out in front of the net like they were early on in the year. They're they're, they're getting a lot of shots. I think it was forty something against Nashville, but a lot of those came from you know the outsides around the circle, which is a lot easier for goalies to to see, stop all that stuff. So I, I think. I'm not really worried yet. This is an annoying little stretch, but they still have, you know, Kane, Tave, Saad, Keith. And as long as those guys are on that roster, I think we're going to see a competitive hockey team. But they, they definitely have some work to do. Um, they're going to jumble up the lines a little bit like, like Joel always does, and I think we'll see a bounce back at some point. But I'm not terribly worried yet. I just think this is a growing pain that we expected that came a little bit as more of a surprise because of the way they started. I think they're not going to beat Pittsburgh 10-1 to in every game they play. But I think mm-hmm. you saw flashes of what they could be. Yeah, uh, I think a lot of work, like you said, a lot of work needs to be done. They've lost five of their last six, haven't had back-to-back wins since the opening two games of the mm-hmm. season. But I think once they do get the ball rolling in the right direction, Coach Q's teams always tend to you know, catch fire a little bit. So 
let's hope that that happens sometime soon. I'm not worried. And like they still have about five, six million dollars in cap space. So I don't. They're going to add something. To There's going to be an somewhere. addition. I don't know if yeah. it's going to be a defenseman. I don't know if it's going to be a forward. Wherever they see, you know, they need the most help. But I, they're they're going to make another addition, which always seems to spark a team. And I, I think they'll be just fine in the thick of the playoff race at the the end of the year. Still, uh, yeah, still. Uh, n- an understatement in saying that there's plenty of hockey to be played yes. because uh, season is brand new. But um, don't wor- don't gotta- worry until I'm sad. Until I say okay, then you're well. To well I'm just going to gauge. Yeah, my my nervous, uh, anxious meter is going to be completely based off of your insights. So uh, you keep I like that. you keep me uh, you keep me level here, Matt, with the Blackhawks. I always try to. Before we jump into the grievance, I'm going to throw you a curveball here, something that wasn't on the rundown. Joe, I was a fastball hitter in college, or in high school. Well, here here comes some off-speed, and I want your unbridled reaction on a scale of 1 to 10, Tiger excitement meter, he's back. November 30th, Hero World Challenge, the re-re-re-re-re-return. Well, I do have, I was going to bring this up later, but I guess we'll get into it now. (laughs) Um, I, I... I, I'll I'll believe it. I'll be excited after he goes through a tournament and isn't hurt after. I know. I'm excited. I'm so Don't get me wrong. I'm excited to see him out there. I'm I'm gonna watch. I'm I'm excited to see him playing some golf. But I will be more excited if he goes through four rounds, whatever it is, and isn't saying you know he's got some issues with his back, his knee, whatever the hell it is this time. If he comes out of this tournament, these four rounds, feeling okay, feeling good, getting ready again, then I'll then then we can get excited. How about that? See, I'm almost on the complete opposite side of things. I'm prepared emotionally for a Friday WD. That's why I'm enjoying it right now. Like I'm I'm so excited right now because this might be the only excitement we get. Fair enough. That, that that's another way to go about that's it. I my guess approach that, to it. I guess that's why I'm not getting this excited because I don't want to be let down. After. Yeah, yeah, but either way, the big cat is back, and uh, it's going to be fun to see just him out there swinging it again because so many great memories. And Joe, he's uh, going to be hitting like two hundred fifty yard drives down the center I, of the fairway. Yeah, but so do a couple of guys. So do a couple of guys on tour. So if he can find, <laughs> they a different, don't win. I know, but if he can find a different way to move it around the course, then it's going to be fun. Just just get him in contention. Not even at a major, at a couple of tournaments. I want to tune in. I, I want to feel what I once felt. I'm chasing the dragon with Tiger. Hey Joe, I'm going to give you a bonus buy or sell here because this okay. was going to be a buy or sell, but I'm going to stick to a more uh, on, on theme, on topic with, with, with the time that we're in for my second one later. But uh, buy or sell, we see Tiger Woods at Augusta this year. I'm going to buy it. Um, of course you're going to buy it. I'm going to buy it just because it's the first major of the year, and if there are any... How many tournaments issues? is he going to play, though, from here to there? Because there's plenty yeah. of time to get hurt. There's plenty of time for that back but to flare up. My point being, if there are any health issues, if, you're, if you ask me, is he going to play the PGA, I'm going to sell on that just because there's so much time in between. There's so many tournaments that he could play, so many times he can be injured, get hurt, something could happen. Um, so I'm just going to buy it. I, I know Augusta means the most to Tiger, so if there's a major that he's really going to gear up for, it's going to be that one. Do whatever he can to get on that. Exactly, exactly. I think he's got some... Uh, some 2013 demons to exercise there still um, rattling the pin that uh, what was that at uh, 13, it was 13 13 when he rattled the pin and it came back down to him um, yeah I think that he's got a lot to prove to that course and to those people and um, I really think that 
that's largely in part why he's trying to come back is to play at Augusta and to try and be in contention at Augusta because it means the most to him. It always did. And, uh, you know, if you're not rooting for a Tiger comeback right now, if you're still anti-Tiger for whatever reason, don't talk to me because this would be the greatest comeback story in the history of sports. One of them, if not the best. Like, he's still, the script, Joe, he's still got a lot script, of work to do, all right? Write let's, the let's script. Not, let's not start writing the script about Tiger Call putting Spielberg, on the green jacket. Maybe. Get Cuba Gooding let's, Jr. Let's, let's just, we, need, we need it. We let's, need it. Let's hold off until we Motion picture, see him on the course. Get right. Sony, get Universal on the phone. I want a bidding war. The movie, cut it. I'll be there opening night. So I'm buying, I guess, is what I'm saying. Really? <laughs> Couldn't tell. All right, all right, Matt. Well, uh, you take us here on a little uh, on a little grievance. All right, let's. Uh, I, I got a good one. I think you got a it, good one. It involves you. Fire away. The tradition of Festivus begins with the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now. You're going to hear about it. You can't handle the truth. Boy, have you lost your mind, because I'll help you find it. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Joe, I don't... My, my grievance this week, it's not really as much with sports as it is uh, as it is with you. Um oh. You know, you. you called me out earlier this this podcast, not this podcast, but in, in podcast past, you had a grievance with me because I didn't uh, include you on a family trip to Aaron Hills, which I apologize for. Okay. Um, I'm going to call you out for your treatment of me on Twitter. I'm not a big fan of it. You need to be kept in check. I'm not a big fan. I keep what in check. You called me out on Sunday without me even saying a word. You, you said, I love this team, and then before I had a chance to reply, because I was about to reply. I was protecting myself. You said, shut up, M. Rooney 23. I don't really, I don't, you don't, you don't give me a chance to fire back. You, you're coming at me when I post the Paul Canerco gift the other night. You're a White Sox fan. I should be able to post that whenever I want. You know that. You posted you, the Paul Canerco. You're, <laughs> you're, it's your timing. Your call, your it's call, your timing it, my, that I have My timing is with. perfect because you know it actually it, it gives you it, – it's it, my timing is planned, and I think it, it comes at you pretty good, and that's why it bothers you because it gets a little bit under your skin. It's, it's trolling. It's of course trolling, it is. Matt. It's the trolling Paul you. Gift, I'm allowed to troll you. The, the Paul, Canero, Paul Canero gift, the tasteless Gordon Hayward. They hadn't set the oh, poor guy's that was ankle funny. yet. That and you're was making funny. Gordon Hayward jokes. That was funny. It's your timing that I have an issue with. That was a funny joke, and you know it. You'll never it. was a funny it, joke but today. But that was a funny joke. No, it was today. funny. Today. I got a couple favorites on that, and I was expecting more, but I think that was a pretty good one. The, the, the Paul Canerco thing was not trolling. That was just me loving that gift. And it remi- Houston being in the World Series obviously reminds me of that, Joe, because who did the White Sox beat in the World Series? The, the Houston Astros. Exactly. Yeah. So it reminds me of that. Okay. Sue me. Well... Well, uh, despite your grievance, Matt, I will continue to keep you check in check on Twitter. Well, then you know what? I'm going to keep doing the same. Every time you say you're excited about the Bears, you better get ready for something because I'm coming after you, Mister. They're going to be three and thirteen, and they're the worst franchise in football. And then I'll say, I'll told you, I told you so. But I can be excited on that three and thirteen trip because it's what I expected from them. Well, they're not three and thirteen. All right, Matt. Well, <laughs> I will continue, as I said, to. Uh, uh, to be your Twitter police. This accomplished. Uh, they, they, then right back at you, Joe. I'm not, they, we're, they, we're not done. Yeah, we're not getting anywhere here. Fine. We're I not getting anywhere. We're... Here. Fine. 
That's fine. I, I, I sell your grievance. How about that? And on that this note, isn't buy or sell. No, give me some buy or sell. You always you want buy or sell. No, this is another thing. You always got to be the one who gets they gets the last word in there, and then you try and transition away from the other thing. No, I'm done letting you have the last word all the time. Okay, Matt. Well, then seamlessly transition us into buy or sell, like I do. All right. Hey, it's time for buy or sell. Joe, you got something for me? <laughs> yeah, I'll lead it off here, Matt. Um, we've seen three. Uh, managers that take take took their team to the postseason here uh, fired in the last two three weeks or so um, buy or sell mid season head coach firings I guess let's turn this one I was going to uh, say more, when you sent me this when yeah, you talking all of yeah, sports you talking one certain sport or let's or turn what? this one more to a, to a college football topic because McElwain got fired this last week so buy or sell mid season college football coach firing I will buy that. Um, because I think college football success is measured in a lot of, you know, there's more than one way I think to measure a successful season in college football. And I think a team like Florida, even though every year their fan base is always going to have the highest of expectations. I -hmm. think you knew that this wasn't a team that was going to be a college football playoff team. It was a team that had a chance to compete in their sec division and, you know, maybe go to a pretty good bowl game. And I think if you notice that the, the coaches lost the locker room, the coaches lost the players a little bit, I think college players and college football players, especially more than any other sport, are influenced by that, can tend to tune somebody out a little bit more, but also get rejuvenated by a new voice in there, somebody they like a little bit. So I'm going to buy in, in, in the case of a team like Florida, who is, I think, what, four and four, three and four, something like that, who's, you know, fighting for their bowl eligibility now, and you want to try and create a spark, get something moving forward. Um, I, I'm going to buy that. Now, they're not across all the sports world, but in college football, I, I do think that has a that can have an effect on a team like Florida, a mid-level, you know, tier team who needs that spark to kind of catapult them to the next, you know, to where they want to be at the end of the year. Yeah, and I think the most important point there that you made is if a guy loses a locker room, loses his team. Yeah, um, which can I'm, happen in college, I, I think, more than any other, in any other you know, arena. I think the college sports arena, I think kids tend to tune out a little yeah. bit more if they don't if they're on the same page with the, kid, with the coach. I've had the displeasure, if you will, of covering a hot seat here in Lincoln – um, everyone here, Husker fans, have Mike Riley fired already. Some of them have called for his job throughout the season. But one thing is that he has not lost this locker room. He has not lost this team. They all still play for him. They all still love him as a person, and he's a great guy. Might not be the coach of the future, but the guys still have his back, and he still has theirs. That's why a, lar- a large part of why he has not been let go after, let's say, this Wisconsin loss or the Ohio State embarrassment. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm seeing why it's not the best thing always. You know, you could be, it could be a reactionary firing and that's an issue. But in the case of Florida, if you have lost a locker room, then yes, I'm with you on that one. Uh, uh, Good. I think we're both on the same page there. Sounds good. All right, Joe, buy buy or sell here. Uh, The White Sox should be involved in the Giancarlo Stanton trade block whatever he's on the trade block now in Miami they're looking to get rid of him buy or sell the White Sox should be involved I'm gonna sell it just because of what the cost would be what you'd have to give up um and the contract that you're going to adopt there um I don't think that the Sox need a 60 home run guy I don't know if a slugger is what they're missing it shouldn't be on the top of their laundry list um that's why I think I mean I would I would love to see John Carlos Stanton pounding home runs um, at, at the G spot, but I, I don't think it's what the Sox need right now. That's why I'm selling on it. And everything that I'm hearing, everything that he's coming out and saying, John Carlos Stanton has one place in mind. John Carlos Stanton wants to be a Los Angeles Dodger. So I think that um, 
at the end of things, you either see him in L.A. or, or uh, wearing the pinstripes for the Yankees. I think those are the two most obvious um, landing spots for him. But I'm going to sell on the White Sox even being in those conversations. I think, uh, I, I think if you're the White Sox, you at least have to make the phone call. Um, yeah. Because I think with that contract, you touched on it. I don't think the price, the asking price for the Marlins, at least the price he's going to go for, is nearly as high as you are. You know, you kind of think it might be or made it seem there because that contract is so large and it's pretty well known that the Marlins want to move him just because they don't want to pay him that sort of money. I think yeah. you can get him at a discounted rate is sounds, it, it sounds wrong, but discounted from what he would normally go for. I, I think you're going to be able to get him. I'm not sure it's going to, would cost the Sox an arm and a leg to get him here because that money so much the Sox do have all, you know, they're going to have a lot of payroll space. I think it's after next year when pretty much all their, even whatever's left of their big contracts. Comes yeah. off. And he, and whether he wants, if he doesn't want to be here, that's one thing. I mean, you'd have to talk to the guy and if he's dead set on not wanting to play in Chicago, then okay, fine. Then don't trade for him. But if he, this is a place he'd want to be, if he'd want to be kind of the leader of this young core, I know it's about a year or two early from when you usually go out and make that splashy, you know, signing trade, whatever it is. I think he could be that guy. Um, and I think he gives them a chance to compete this year if their young pitching comes along like it would be. Uh, and I think he is a, a perfect fit kind of in that outfield, in that young clubhouse, to be a guy who's still younger but also has been there before. And like you said, 60 home runs, is uh, it, it's not bad to add to your lineup at any time. I don't think he's going to be slowing down anytime soon. Yeah, I get what you're saying kind of with uh, the Marlins really having compromised their I, I don't think the Sox would have to give up a top five, yeah. well, you know, one of their top five prospects. Might cost I mean, two top ten prospects in their system. But they if have, the price is right. If the yeah, price I is right, I think you have to be involved because he is such a – he is a – like we've, we've talked about on here – he might be the most exciting player in Major League Baseball with what he does at the plate. He puts and people in. He's going to put people in the seats that, regardless. Th- and, and the White that's, Sox, that's they, what they need on the South. They side. need that, and they've they started to see a surge in attendance this year because people have started to buy into what they're doing. And if they do make that move without having to trade, you know, one of their biggest name prospects, I, I really think that that could be something that sets that along even further. I think you see attendance start to grow. And I think you see a pretty competent lineup come, you know, April. All right, Matter. Well, you got one. You got another one for me. Isn't it your turn? Is it? Yeah, yeah I just I just asked you. I granted, I right. I asked answered the question for the most part, but I guess I'll just do all the heavy lifting. That might have that might have done it there for me. Um, buy or sell, Matt. We're we're gonna get into a little bit of a hypothetical here. Obviously, it makes zero sense, but just for just for uh, retro for the retrospective hindsight, um, buy or sell. Someone comes into the office right now. You're the, you're the GM of the Chicago Bears. You get a call on your phone. Uh, it's the Houston Texans. We want to go heads up, Trubisky for Watson. Do you make that trade? Uh, I, I mean, from what we've seen so far, I think you have to. Um, I, I don't get me wrong. I'm still really high on Mitch Trubisky. I think he's going to be a very good quarterback here. From I think he's going to be a quarterback for the Bears for the next 10, 15 years, whatever it is. Um, but with what you've seen from Deshaun Watson in, granted, a very small sample size, I, I think you kind of have to. Um, that said, he's got you know DeAndre Hopkins to throw to. He's got mm-hmm. as good of a deep threat, not as good of a receiver, but as good of a deep threat in the game as there is in Will Fuller, who can run by just about anybody and you, know, you just kind of throw the ball up to him. He'll run underneath it and get it. He's yeah. got a very good running game. He's got a, a fine offensive line. He's got a great defense behind him. Uh, I, I, he's in a better situation, no doubt about it. But some of the stuff he's doing, some of the throws he's making, what he's able to do with his feet, I, I think you have to. But I, that, that's not 
a knock on Trubisky as much as it is a credit to Watson. If that yeah, makes thir- sense. 38 points in one of the toughest stadiums to play in football last week. It, he's, he's a, he looks like he's going to be the real deal. And um, anyone who passed him up or misscouted him is probably kicking themselves right now. Um, I don't know if that's the oh, Bears Cleveland. included. I don't know if that's the Bears included because I think the oh you bring up a good point in Cleveland. I gotta I redact. I gotta redact my statement on uh, Kaiser. Another video came out of him at what looked like a club that night. Um, oh, okay. Re- well, then we're wrong. I, I'm then taking back my. I'm taking back my statement of defense on Deshaun on, uh, on Deshaun Kaiser. Okay, that that's that's totally fair then. From what we had, <laughs> the the article that we had information on, what was it last week? Basically, said he was at a bar with teammates. Yeah, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to get back at our sources here and uh, and kind of complain a little bit. Do but, we have uh, sources? I, I have a couple, but um, Deshaun, Deshaun Watson. Reveal your sources, Joe. Looks like well, then they're not sources. They could. Um, they're still sources. Looks like uh, Deshaun Watson's going to be around for a long, long time in Houston. Uh, he's going to be fun to watch. We'll Matt, see a couple Mitch versus Deshaun Super Bowls, Joe. How about that? That'll be a good time. Yeah. Can't wait. And, uh, let's let's dive into the mailbag here, Joe. I, I had a different buy or sell, um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna gonna change it up here. Throw you a curveball. Um, mm-hmm. Well, I want to get into that other one that I texted you because I think it's very on-topic discussion. Um, but I saw from your Twitter, I think it was yesterday, that you had a very nice sit-down with a certain Nebraska football player. Am I right? Yes. Uh, we do a, it, a it, weekly I'm not, Know Your this, Husker this segment. Wasn't, this wasn't an Ask Joe what weekly segments he does on the news. This well, was we do yourself. a Know Your Husker segment. We had, uh, we had, we had Tim this week. Yeah. You want to like – this is what I'm talking. This is my grievance. You don't let me talk. You let me talk. Can I talk? No. Can I'm I ask let you, you talk. my question? I'm going to let you talk. I'm not going to let you tweet. Go on. I'm going to tweet this as I'm talking. <laughs> um, Joe, buy or sell, your sit-down with Tanner Lee is just – it is the best sports interview moment you've ever had in your life because we know how you feel about Tanner Lee. Um, I'm going to sell on that. I think I've done some good work over the last two years. But, but Joe, uh, it's Tanner Lee. Yeah, it was, it was a good sit-down, but um, <laughs> there are a couple characters on the team that we've done Know Your Huskers with in the past. The, uh, the, the one who made the, the Bob Diaco hair comment, too, I thought. Mo, was, Berry, was Mo Berry was a good one, one of that the linebackers really here. It was good stuff. Um, his was good. Uh, they have an offensive lineman, one of the captains on the team, Gerald Foster, who um, in his spare time draws. And now this is a six foot four, 310-pound hey. offensive lineman. Big guys can who, have a sensitive side too, Joe. Who looks like a goofball with a pencil in his hand, but the kid can, the kid has an artistic uh, air about him. So there's been some good segments this this week's uh, sit down with Tanner Lee. We talk about you know a little bit of his his Louisiana roots. Here's a shameless plug that'll air Wednesday at 10 p.m. Will be available on 1011now.com anytime is, after Wednesday at 10:30 p.m. So thank you for that. This setup, is what Matt. this is what I do for you. You don't realize you, it, but this is what I you do. You set them up, I'll knock them down. Yeah, I give you an opportunity for a shameless plug of what you do, and you know, yeah, what? if you guys That's are, what I do. You know, if anyone's just getting, if anyone says, "Hey, I'd like to know, I'd like to know Nebraska's quarterback a little bit better," we're going to let you get to know uh, a Tanner Lee this week, Wednesday. Yeah, with how much you punked him on the podcast this year, I think everybody's going to want to get to know him a little bit better. Well, well, Matt, I I know that pump up seemed a little bit uh, a little bit off kilter in the first half of the season, but he's gone, I think, a hundred and like eighteen attempts without an interception. Um, he's on his way to surpassing 3,000 yards, a career day against, I know it's Purdue, but game-winning drive against Purdue, scores with 14 hey, seconds left. Per, he's Purdue, look Purdue? Like, or more like Perdon. Perdon, you get, get stuff. It? Get um, it? He's, uh, but Tanner's starting, to look like, Tanner's starting to look like uh, the quarterback that people kind of had him projected to be. He's settled into the offense a little bit, so happy happy for the kid, and uh, 
Yeah. Should well, be a you're should be a fun little should be a fun little sit down. You're yeah. welcome. Thank you, Matt, for for teeing me up there. Right, um, that was a bonus buy or sell. No, that was we're gonna that the was bonus buy or sell is going to come at the end of the mailbag because I think uh, it's also gotcha. a fitting topic with that. Gotcha. Well, let's go into the mailbag. All right, Joe. This one comes from our associate producer, our esteemed associate producer, who had a, a bowl of uh, peanut butter chocolate Cheerios this morning. Mm. Chocolate peanut butter Cheerios. Ketosis, which sparked the question. <laughs> Joe, what what is what is your favorite? No, favorite. You can't pick one. I think there's too many. Give me your top three cereals. Put top on the three spot here. because one, one three there's cereals. too many for you to just pick one. I don't think now. I hold Lucky Charms near and dear to my heart. I can't eat them anymore because I overdosed on them as a kid. I'll have like crazy flashbacks. That I'm not going to put that in the top three, but that's honorable mention. My current top three, um, I got to throw Frosted Flakes in there because it's a blank canvas. You can do whatever you want with this. I was, gonna, I was worried you were going to say like Corn Flakes and Wheaties and stuff. No, like no, no, no. Frosted, frosted Flakes because you can like throw some fruit in the bowl, make it healthy, mix it with other um, with other cereals. But I'm going to go Frosted Flakes. I'm going to go Honey Bunches of Oats, some HBO, and I'm going to go Cocoa Puffs. I I love a Cocoa 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 Puffs. I actually had a donut with Cocoa Puffs on top the other day, cheat day. Um, It it (laughs) took me back. It took me back. I think that's why I'm I'm going with Cocoa Puffs right now. So Wheaties, not Wheaties, uh, Frosted Flakes, Honey Bunches of Oats, and Cocoa Puffs as my unhealthy uh, binge. Okay. Okay. I, I those are I, those are better than I thought they'd be. I thought you were gonna give me like three healthy <laughs> options. And like, no, 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 no. I am. Uh, that's. That, I'm dangerous. Give me like a mixing bowl, a gallon of milk, and, and a box, of, a couple boxes of cereal. Ask ask the boys back at eight fifty nine West Fletcher. Um, there were a couple serious cereal nights uh, under my belt. Well, so. I think I think there has to be. <laughs> um, what about <laughs> hey, yourself, that? Was Matt? an evil laugh, by the way. You just had right there. That <laughs> was that cereal. was you. I have a Unhealthy, feeling once we hang up with this call, you're gonna you're gonna hit the yeah. store and grab some boxes of cereal. I have a serious sugary cereal, cereal makes me feel evil. <laughs> uh, let's uh, see. I, I gotta go, Honey Nut Cheerios for the the same reason. Class. I think you went with Frosted Flakes. You can kind of mix it with anything. You throw some fruit in there. It's a it's okay. a healthy but but still fantastically delicious cereal. I'm gonna go Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Um, I, I was a little bit surprised you left that one off. I think that's. That's an instant classic right there. Love the cinnamon toast crunch. I, I'm yeah. bouncing back and forth between uh, peanut butter crunch, Captain Crunch peanut butter crunch, or Reese's peanut butter, uh, the puffs, the Reese's puffs. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Reese's puffs because it does have the chocolate in there. So those, those are my top three. Very nice. Good an pitch. underrated one under the – people don't give this one the credit it deserves. I don't know if you've ever, ever had it. You ever have waffle crisp cereal? I've never had waffle, it, waffle crisp. It is, it is absolutely delicious, Joe. It tastes like you're eating waffles. You remember Honeycomb? I used to course, love yeah. Honeycomb. I don't even know if it's still on the market. I, it's got to still be on the market. Um, cookie crisp? The, you're basically gonna, eating cookies for breakfast? That yeah, was like re- their marketing tagline. Cookie, cookie crisp. Yes, yeah. I remember cookie crisp. But <laughs> I think that um, you know, I, I usually try and find a way to refute everything you say. So I'm, gonna, I'm very anti-Reese's uh, Puffs. Why? I think why that, now? You're anti-chocolate and peanut butter together. You're anti-Reese's. No, 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 no. Please I, I tell love me cho- why. I love the chocolate peanut butter mix. The peanut butter, I can do one bowl of Reese's Puffs. Once hey, you start getting to a bit. This wasn't the, your favorite cereal you can eat a whole box of. This was your favorite cereal. I know, but but when it's cereal, I got to be able to binge. And the something about the peanut butter flavor in Reese's Puffs is a little artificial to me. It, it comes off a little weird. I, 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 that's why I go Cocoa I, Puff because it's just the chocolate. I, that's fair, but at the same time, I think you're wrong. Okay. 
I can see where you're coming from, and that wasn't as egregious of a just forced (laughs) shot at me as you can possibly think of. Because I know that's still kind of what it was, but you did you did at least well explaining yourself. So I'll give you a little bit of credit. I had to get had to get off a shot there. Yeah, you did. You always do. That's fine. (laughs) All right, Matter. Well, before uh, before I shut us down here, you got anything for the good listeners of the Moose and Room podcast? I don't. I'm so lost. With You're where done? we where we went with that kind Oh, you know what? No, I did have one more quick. It goes on the same thing we were talking about here. Halloween Joe. Remember we have a PG audience that does not have an explicit tag. What's your favorite Halloween candy? Favorite Halloween do candy. Not, yeah. Do not answer with the text you sent me this morning. That would be inappropriate. Oh, okay. Well, I said tequila, but yeah, that's, um, that's inappropriate. I'm not like a I've never been a huge candy guy. I know we're coming off a sugary conversation. Who are I just you? Got I, I'm more of a like if you ask me, do I want dessert or a second cheeseburger? Give me the second cheeseburger. Or I, both. Ten times, ten Take times both. out of ten. Ten both. times out of ten. You both. But and I also don't understand the distinction between Halloween candy and regular candy. But if like if I'm digging my hand into the bag of Halloween candy, I hope yeah, I that, come that, that's, out with, that's more. Honestly, when you go to the store, or whatever, and you see those yeah. bags of candy, when you're trick or treating, you you got to bowl everything. What are you going for? It's lame, but I hope I come out with a Snickers. You know, I love a Snickers. That's not lame. It's simple. You know, that's, 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 that's not at all lame. That's a classic. You can't go yeah. wrong with a Snickers. I like a classic. Honorable mention, Kit Kat. You know, I'm a simple guy. Kit Kat is good for you. Yeah. Marion Hosey used to say that. <laughs> what, what about yourself? He did. Um, <laughs> I don't remember that. <laughs> there was uh, – I'll, I'll, I'll go into that, explaining that. There's a the, – the Blackhawks a couple years ago did like a, a video following their strength and conditioning coach, you know, on a, on a day-night kind of road trip, you know, setting up the locker room, you know, the, the spread and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And he's showing them when they get out of the, on the plane what, you know, what they got to eat for all the players to take. And Marion Hosa walks past and flashes like, like, he's got a, like he's holding a hand of cards. He flashes mm-hmm. three Kit Kats. Looks into the camera and says, "Kit Kat is good for you," and then walks away. <laughs> and ever since yeah. then, I've, I've been a Kit Kat guy. Uh, nice. But I, I, that's I'm going to go with either probably Kit Kats or I'm a Butterfinger guy. Butterfinger, okay. Don't lay a See, finger that, on my Butterfinger, Joe. That's that same kind of artificial peanut buttery taste What's, that I'm talking candy's about. Candy's not supposed to be natural, Joe. It's all fake. <laughs> I guess that's a fair point. I'm not eating. Um, I'm not eating organic candy. I'm getting factory made processed candy bars butterfinger it's supposed to taste artificial a little flaky butterfinger is never a bad choice matt before we toss it away here we're talking candy Uh, this is an important stance i need your stance on candy corn candy corn buy yourself buy yourself yourself candy i'm i couldn't sell candy corn more agreed but some people like people who like candy corn are like candy corn I was at work last night and they did uh, Luke, Luke Stuckmeyer and Layla Rahimi were hosting our, our In the Loop show and they did a, a candy bracket. They, they broke it down. Okay. And Layla wanted to kind of see the world burn. She admitted this, but she advanced <laughs> candy corn to her final four, to which we took no. it to a vote online a in which candy corn won because people are evil and just want to see the world burn and want reactions yeah. from people like me. And I guess they're getting it because it, made, damn it, it infuriated me. But if you like can- – I don't know how you could like candy corn. It's gross. Just in like a it nondescript bowl. Yeah, it, it's like – exactly. It's not even in the bag. It's, it's, it's has, yeah. anything has anyone done to that? People's the- hands were kind of fishing around. They're just – Get out of Has get anyone out. ever seen the official packaging of candy corn? No. There is none. There There's is, no candy corn wrapper. It's just dirty plastic that someone siphoned candy corn into. At least, and you with know, that, I want to thank the we don't agree podcast on, listeners. We don't agree on a lot, but you know, I, I, maybe we should just shut it down with our hatred of candy corn. 
Damn you, candy corn. Oh, God. Well, Matt, you enjoy your Halloween. <laughs> Hopefully you don't get too many snot-nosed kids ringing your doorbell. Oh, I live uh, in an apartment, so I should be fine. Perfect. Well, to the Moose and Runes podcast listeners, that's episode 27. Thank you for uh, putting gonna, up with us this week. Yeah, and I'm going to shut us down briefly here, so hit the music, Matt. Shut it down. Shut it all down. Shut it down. Shut it down. Houston, we have shut down. I've seen enough. Shut it down. Um, and just a quick note to all the baseball fans out there. I know something fishy is going on with the baseballs, but both teams are playing with the same damn baseball. So let's let it go. Let's stop being jaded baseball fans. I know the late 90s, early 2000s has made us question everything as fans, but let's enjoy this World Series, whether it's 25 runs, 5 runs, or 1 run. It's been great theater. It's been exactly what you want in a World Series. So enjoy it. Watch tonight. Hopefully we get game seven, and hopefully there are a million home runs again. Matt, that's all I got. That's going to do it for the Moose and Runes podcast, episode 27. Enjoy the sports. Love them. Live them the way we love you. Moose and Runes podcast listeners, thank you for tuning in to this episode. We will see you next week on a Bears bye week, but we promise we'll have something to talk about. For Matt Rooney, I'm Joe Musso. Keep it real. May God give you for every storm a rainbow, for every tear a smile, for every care a promise, and a blessing in each trial. I swear I've seen a lot of stuff in my life, but that was awesome. Pete <laughs> Crisp, the one with the big chocolate chip cookie taste. Chicken on a stick was phenomenal.